What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 86 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Oh, good to be back, bud. Yeah, it's nice to have you back as well. Like, I was hosting last week, and that's a very different experience. Man, it was it was so funny. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the episode yet. I very much want to, uh, but I loved how, like, as soon as we posted it, everybody in the Discord was like, "What? You didn't even yell? What's up, internet? Like, you didn't do the thing?" <laughs> I can't do it. It's your thing. I can't steal it. I'm not American <laughs> enough to do it. Not American. But then enough. I, I say that, but I can't imagine DJ doing it either. He just doesn't have that kind of personality. He's too chill. I feel like if he drank the right amount of beer, oh, yeah, maybe, he would yeah. do it. Because he has definitely brought that level of energy to a stream before and, like, been buck wild. So Yeah. I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I thank you very much for holding the fort down for me. Uh, as we're going to be talking about on uh, After Dark this week, I was in the studio with my band, Long Friend, Time Friend, working on our first album, uh, which I am very excited about. Uh, so if you want to hear more about that, make sure you check out After Dark, which you can grab over on patreon.com slash lootpots for just a buck, uh, which is the best way for, for you to show your support uh, for the show. And uh, yeah, while I'm getting into the plugs, let me show a little bit. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the podcast, lootpots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we get together and talk about all things Nintendo. Um, and you know, just what video games we're playing and stuff sometimes. <laughs> like last week, apparently, you guys talked about Fall Guys for quite some time. <laughs> a very long time. Which uh, is rad, because I am really excited to talk about that game at some point. But um, yeah, if you want to get some more content from us, of course, head, head to loopots.com where we've got our news and reviews. We've got a brand new video essay by our very own Pixel Par. He's back from the dead with a video about, you guessed it, Pikmin. Uh, Pikmin 3, of course... What, what were you going to say? Go ahead, I was going to say, did you see Max's tweet there where it was like, uh, the only thing that brought Pizza Express back from the dead was <laughs> this Pikmin thing. He like, miswrite Roman to tag Pixel Pop or Pizza <laughs> Express. I thought it was the funniest thing. And then Chloe was just like, oh, I love a bit of Pizza Express of the Loot Pots team. It was so good. I love that she was just dunking on him. Yeah, it's good but uh, yeah, it is great to see some content from Pixel back on uh, on the platform, on the channel. So go ahead, get go over and check it out, and you can get a breakdown of all the things that he's calling out that are new in the Nintendo Switch version of Pikmin 3, one of his favorite games of all time, uh, a game I'm very excited to play. Um, so uh, yeah, go check that video out, show the support, give the thumbs up, share it with your friends, all that fun stuff. You guys know how to do the internet. Uh, and then you can also, of course, follow us on Twitch. We're on social media at Lupots. We're all over the web. Wherever you get your video game content, I'm sure we're there making some content for you. So uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to get some more from us, go and check that stuff out. And, of course, if you want to come become a part of our ever-growing community of potsheads, you can uh, write in and have your questions uh, read on the air, just like uh, all the fine folks in our mail pot segment did, by hitting me up at pete going over to our Discord and uh, joining up there where we've got a great community talking about all things video games. Um, and you can also head over to the podcast channel there and get your questions submitted. Uh, or you can hit up our weekly Twitter thread, which goes up every Thursday right now on, uh, again, at Lupots over on Twitter. And uh, hit us up there. So however you do it, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We love getting to uh, jump into your questions on the show, especially in 2020 when Nintendo's not doing so much. 
Um, so thank you again for writing in and uh, showing your support in all those amazing ways. And again, the best way to show your support is, of course, head over to Patreon and get all those awesome goodies, uh, like getting your getting a shout-out on the podcast or you know, getting After Dark, which uh, you get an extra hour of non-Nintendo chat from us every week. Uh, so a bunch of great stuff over there. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you'll show, you, show your support. But that's enough shilling for now. Uh, so let's jump into a little segment that I like to call the question block. Oh, wow. So, We're mixing things right up. Oh, we sure are. Yeah, uh, that's what okay. I did the first time I introduced it. I'm bringing it back now that you're back, Steve. Uh, so the question block is a uh, new name for an old segment where I head over to you know one of those good old Nintendo subreddits, <laughs> find an interesting little question from a stranger, and I, I pose it to you, my co-host here. So uh, this one came from Reddit user Supreme... Kim Kimilsung. Supreme Kimilsung. That's part of the bit. There we go. Okay, so uh, they said, I recently surpassed 300 hours of gameplay on Breath of the Wild. What game have you logged the most amount of hours on the Switch? So this is an easy question. Just pull out your Switch and check, but let's do it. Let's find out. I, I know what mine is. I looked it up. All right, well, you go ahead while I pull my Switch out. And mine's Splatoon 2. Okay, keep. How many it's hours? I'm. It's. <laughs> it is two. It was two hundred and seventy-five. It's now at two hundred and ninety-five hours. I have not gone over three hundred hours on any game. Damn. But it's a lot. That's a lot, though. It is a lot. I'm coming up close. Animal Crossing is now my second game with two hundred and fifty hours. So Animal I, Crossing must be my, my it, number it's one. It's gotta be, yeah. Oh no, my Switch is dead. <laughs> I've ruined the bit. All right, all right, here's the thing. I'm going to plug it in, and I'm going to place a bet right now that it's Animal Crossing, and I believe I'm at like around 165 hours in that game. Okay. I don't think I've put more hours into anything else. So I'm going to plug it in right now, and we'll find out later in the show if I was right. And if not, I'm an ass, and you can, you can make fun of me. Do you know where you got up to in Breath of the Wild? Like, I, there's no way I could have got 300 hours. I think I jumped off at like 175. I think I had like 70 to 90. Wow, okay. You didn't do as much as I would have thought. No, I, I played until I was done with it. You know, yeah. like, I didn't feel compelled to do all the side quests in that game. You know, it very much felt like um, an example of, like, how I kind of felt about, like, GTA V. Yeah. Where it's, like, I feel like the the um, amount of content exists to, like, make the world feel fleshed out and allow you to have, like, unique water cooler experiences where you I might see things that you don't and vice versa. And, like, I didn't feel the need to complete it, you know? I played until I was emotionally ready to move on from it, and I went and began it, and then I had never touched it again. That's how I play pretty much every game. I, I, it's very rare, all 100% a game. Like I, I, even in Breath of the Wild, I didn't find all shrines. And once the DLC came out, I went back and played a little bit, but I never finished all the DLC. I never got the motorbike. I never had any desire to get the motorbike or anything like that, really. Yeah, uh, sorry, I was just plugging in my Switch. I never, uh, I never touched the um, the DLC either. I just couldn't. I don't know. I, I I felt done with it, you know. And like, not because like obviously I love the game and I, I love my time with it, but I don't know. I I guess um, sometimes like when I'm just done with the game, I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, and like I think with like the sheer volume of stuff that there is to do in Breath of the Wild, it wasn't a game I was interested in doing everything. And it was a game I was interested in, 
like exploring and exploring and seeing what I wanted to see, you know? And like when I got near the end of it, I kind of like found a list because it was like months after the game had come out at that point of like, oh, here's the top 10 things you got to see kind of thing. And I like, I looked at a couple lists like that and I was like, okay, is there anything really important I've missed? Is there anything really revolutionary I didn't do? And I went and checked some boxes and like maxed out the armor and stuff and was like, all right, cool. Like, I've done enough. I don't need to collect like a 500 crickets or no. get all the Korok seeds. All oh, yeah, the Korok seeds. Like, it's not for me. Yeah, I, I have zero desire to find all the Korok seeds or anything. Sarah like just booed me because she's done it because she's a crazy person. Holy crap. She's a nut, dude. She's she, like she like goes in on games, though, right? So she'll like be yeah. 100% in on like Skyrim or uh, Fire Emblem. Or... Uh, yeah, she's starting Fire Emblem again, actually. For, she beat the DLC. The time? I think this is the fifth time. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, and she she beat the DLC over the weekend and was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to do another New Game Plus run. And I was like, you're crazy. You're wow. crazy. She got some money wor- money's worth out of the games, though. And please, she didn't even buy that game. That's my copy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, we're going to jump into what we're playing for right now, and we'll, we'll come back to figure out what game I put the most time into uh, a little bit later in the show. So, uh, this week I have been, uh, of course, playing some more Ghost of Tsushima, still chipping away at that game. I'm, I'm really taking my time with it, you know? I, um, I'm in the second chapter. I have one more main quest to do in that chapter before I can move on to the, the third chapter, which I've heard kind of, like, ramps to the end really quickly. <clears throat> so, I'm, now I'm just kind of, like, taking my time doing all the side quests, cleaning up, like... A bunch of the like collectible stuff on the map and then i'm gonna like move forward with it because I, I think i'm gonna try to platinum it wow okay. it reminds me of um it reminds me a lot of how i felt about spider-man okay when i played it where it was like i just want to like live in this world you know i just want to exist here and i it's a game that like i find really easy to play in chunks or in Longer stretches, like I, I found, I find myself like playing it for like twenty, thirty minutes on my lunch break after I'm done eating, you know, and like just be like, oh, I'll go find a fox den, or I'll go like explore some of these question marks and like fill out what's on the map, and just like chip away at little things like that. And then when I actually have time to commit and sit down, I'm like, all right, let's do like a major side quest, or like let's advance the story, you know. And it's very and, rare uh, I find a game that I can just chip away a little bit at a time. It always has to be like a casual game. Even at Animal Crossing, I find myself just being like, oh, I've got 20 minutes to but oh, I don't want to boot it up to go and do all my weeds and do all of that stuff. Like, I need at least an hour, I think, free to play something like Animal Crossing. And I feel like Ghost has benefited by that for me because <clears throat> I think I've only booted the game up twice because it's just always on on my PlayStation. And... The only time I've I've actually closed it has been to play the other game I played this week, which is uh, Fall Guys, um, which I am I I love Fall Guys is amazing, and I know you guys talked about it a ton a last lot. week. Yeah, so we did. Yeah, we don't need to belabor the point. I know Chloe's like the number one uh, Fall Guys fangirl, but um, man, what a game! Have you played it? No, I I really need to play oh, it. Steve, I can't so decide if I should just play it on PS4 if I should get it on PC. I think you should get it on PS4 because it's free. Yeah, and that's what like, Chloe said, yeah. It, like, I have it on PS4, and that's where I'm playing it, but I'm going to buy it on Steam because I want to play with, like, Chloe, and I want to try to Chloe's got it on PS4. She said she'll play oh. with me on either of them, so she's just Perfect. like, 
she said she was a little bit disappointed that at launch there wasn't crossplay because there there was like a rumor that they were going to add a crossplay support in, but not for but it didn't make it in for launch because she had a bunch of people who played the beta but never ended up buying the PC version because they already had a PS4, so they just picked it up for free on PS Plus. Which makes sense, you know, if you get it for free, then why would you buy it? It's the same thing as if it came out on Game Pass, I probably would just play it there. Well, just have a I don't have I don't have PS Plus right now. Really? I don't play anything online. I mean, that's fair, but I don't know. I guess I just like like I, I cancelled PS that. Plus and I got Game Pass instead. Like I don't want to be paying for PS Plus and Game Pass and Nintendo Switch Online and countless other subscriptions like Disney Plus and Netflix and Spotify. I need to cancel like so many. There's like so like, many. I have things. way too many. Yeah, it's just uh, it gets like, ridiculous. I know that I don't use them all. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's like a service you can opt into where they like look at your like bank statement. And they're like, here's all the things that you've been <laughs> like. Are you using any of these? <laughs> Oh my gosh, but uh, but yeah, you got to check it out, man. Fall Guys is just an absolute blast. Like it's, I've been watching you know... videos of it. Like I re- I've been watching people play it on Twitch, and it really does just seem like I don't know if you've watched the show Takeshi's Castle, but it really does seem like a video game version of Takeshi's Castle, which is this Japanese game show. Yeah, w- where you see like hundreds of people just get wheeled down, and they do stupid challenges like running through doors or walking on tight ropes, and eventually it comes down to the last few who are battling to make it to the castle, and and that's I think what Four Guys is in a nutshell. Yeah, I think I've seen clips of that maybe, but it's also got like kind of like a. a... Uh, American Ninja Warrior vibes, which is like a, a ripoff of that kind of show that we had in the states. American Ninja Warrior, yeah, which I think is like total wipeout. Oh, we we had something like this. Yeah, I can't remember <clears throat> what ours was called. But have it's you like seen, it's, have you ever seen wipeout? It's like vaguely athletic challenge. It's like there are things that take athletic prowess, but yeah. they're like not. It's like dumb shit. Like it's like do this goofy obstacle course, you know, yeah. <laughs> like stupid shit like that. I'm like you're gonna have to. You know, uh, do a backflip off of this foam thing and then run up a wall. And like, all right, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> How much am I winning on this again? <laughs> Just street cred. No prize oh money. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do it for the experience. You know, if you want to get hired as like a real ninja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was I was a American ninja warrior, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So uh, you uh, you wrote down that you've been playing some Mario Kart and Hitman Two. Yeah, so I've been playing a bit of Hitman Two. I've only just finished like the first proper level, which is the uh, Formula One track. I don't know if you've ever played any Hitman Two. I haven't. Uh, the only Hitman I've ever played was the one on the original Xbox. Okay, which might be the first one. <laughs> yeah, I think it may be. Yeah, well, I really like the the modern like hit the modern Hitman games. So Hitman yeah. and Hitman Two and Hitman Three is coming out either later this year or next year. I know they have a ton of love behind them. They're um, great. I've just never never touched them. Like you can, uh, I like in Hitman Two that they've even added this mode on, which is basically called I think it's called Casual. So you have like casual, professional, or expert, or something. And in casual mode, the the like description is do what you want, make explosions. No one's gonna chase you, and you can just have fun, and you can just see it as like the sandbox playground where you can just go and try and murder someone in really creative ways, which is 
ultimately what Hitman's all about. Uh, but so I've been I've been really enjoying that. But in between that, I've massively got back into Mario Kart. So McCauley's brothers came over for um, for dinner one night and we just booted up um, Mario Kart and we had like a, a, yeah. a blast with, with the four of us. And then um, I've just been playing online and I've realized how bad I am at playing Mario Kart when I play on global because all the Japanese people destroy me. So I only now play regional. There's no way I'm playing against <laughs> any Japanese people. Uh, but I, I, I love it. I forgot how fun Mario Kart is, is, is to just bring out a pie. Everyone knows how to play it. And you can turn on all those assist functions. So if someone's not that great, you can just like make it so they never go off the track and things like that, which has been which has been fun. Um, so, yeah, Mario Kart 8 seriously rules. It's it such really a, does. It's yeah. such an amazingly good game. Like, <clears throat> I uh, <clears throat> I remember like when I first got my Switch, you know, that was like go-to game for like showing it off, you know, of just like, oh, like the new Nintendo console came out and it's real fun. Like, who wants to play Mario Kart? You yeah. know, and it's like, everybody wants to play Mario Kart. You kidding me? It's like, let's open up the kickstand. Here, have this controller. That was like the real party trick, I think. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, I remember, um, I don't, was Mario Kart 8 out at launch? No, it came out the month after. So they did that weird thing where month one was Breath of the Wild, month two was Mario Kart, month three was Splatoon 2. And then we had, I think it was Pokken, and then um, Mario Odyssey. Okay. Because I know, um, I remember the Switch came out on the same day that uh, Logan came out, the uh, the Wolverine movie. And I remember, I guess it was late, it must have been like a month later when Mario Kart came out, or I guess at some point after it had come out, but when the Switch was still like new. Mm-hmm. I was at um, the same theater I with a friend like waiting or whatever, and we had like gone to like save seats for everybody. And we were the first ones there, and we got there like way too early uh, because she was like anxious about like the timing and everything. So she was just like, "Will you just meet me at this time?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And we're like, "Fuck!" Like we like they were still cleaning out the theater. That's how early we were there. You know, like we were like, oh, "Wow, we're just okay." Like we're definitely gonna be the first people in here. Like no problem. Uh, and it was just like, "Oh, I have my switch." Like popped off the Joy Cons. Let's play Mario Kart, and it was just like, "Yes, dude, this is amazing." Are you kidding me? It's the, yeah. The one moment I felt like that when, and I felt like I was in a Nintendo Switch advert was when I was on a flight to Berlin with my ex, and we were like massively into Diablo. I love Diablo, but um, I finally I, remember. Got, I finally got him into it, and so we just both took off a Joy Con while we were on the plane. Opened up the the, the like tray seat uh, the tray table thing, and we're just playing um, Diablo three on the on the flight. It was great, and then before we knew it, we landed. It was awesome. That is my favorite thing about the Switch. Is like, I don't I don't mind flying. I actually enjoy it. But like, there are definitely especially on longer flights. Like, I get kind of antsy by the end of it, where it's just like, all right, I'm ready to get off this plane. You know, like especially on the way home, it's very like, ugh, like. I'm I'm coming back from this nice trip, you know, and I don't yeah. want to go home. I don't want to go back to work, whatever. Um, and I remember the last like longer trip that I took uh, on the way home. I played Little Town Hero and I had like booted up the game for the first time and just like I got through the first, you know, I two hours of it or whatever how long my flight was and was just like, holy shit! Oh my god, I'm already home. <laughs> it's great. It really is. Like, and, blink. And that's that's I think. 
one of the things I remember people were criticizing it in the advert was, oh, it's not going to have enough battery life. You're not going to be able to play on the plane or anything like that. But I've, in my experience, I've never really had a problem. It's always been just enough. From by yep. the time I've got on the flight to the point where I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of bored now because we've we've taken off. I'm not going to play it while we're taking off. You can't even have the table down or anything. And then by the time we've taken off, you play it for a little bit, and then you have to put it away because you're you're going to come into land. So I've never had that problem of oh, there's not enough there's not enough battery to even get you through a flight. Me neither. Also, most planes have outlets. Have, yeah, they have plugs. Yeah. So it's like really not that big a deal. Um, also, if you play indies, the battery usually lasts longer than three hours. So yeah, that's like a thing you can also consciously do. But uh, yeah. We all know that everyone who doubted the Switch is clearly an idiot because it's the greatest console ever made. <laughs> so let's jump into the news. Uh, speaking of greatest things ever made, Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, continues to be a sales juggernaut. And we had just a really hilarious observation uh, this week over on Twitter from uh, Christopher Dring, who is the head of uh, Games B2B at Readpop. So that means like business to business, uh, and Read Pop is the organization that like organizes um, New York Comic Con and PAX and a bunch of those other like big fan conventions. And uh, <laughs> Christopher uh, tweeted <laughs> this week: more people have bought Animal Crossing New Horizons in just over three months than they have the entire Metroid franchise in over thirty-four years, Jesus. which is hilarious. Um, and I don't mean that as like a dig; it's just like. Jesus Christ, Animal Crossing is such a big deal. Uh, because um, the lifetime Metroid sales are actually just over uh, 18 million, 18.23 million copies sold across the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is. It's funny because this is like a thing that I know um, you and I have talked about on this show before of like how. There's this weird um, dichotomy, right? Where, like, I think there are certain franchises from Nintendo that people think of as, like, this is one of their big franchises. Like, Metroid is, like, is one of them, for sure. Well, I think the the big three are you, and I think it's probably because of the linear track to the NES, which is Mario, Zelda, Metroid. Sure. You think Um, of those three as being Nintendo. And it may be an age thing, because... Metroid rarely comes into my head because, one, I don't like the games, and two, I was, I'm not that old that I had an NES. There there weren't... I feel like for our generation specifically, like there wasn't a, f- uh, a Metroid game available except for like Fusion on the uh, Game Boy Advance yeah. while I was like at an age to be nostalgic for it. Because there was nothing on the N64, was that? It was Prime no. on the There on was the a game planned game. Metroid 64, but it didn't come out, and then Prime came out and I could see that being, like, above your head at the age we were at when it came out, too, because that's kind of my relationship to it. Like, I had it, and I played some of it, and then I got, like, confused by it and was just like, I was Man. playing Simpsons Hit and Run when that came out. That was literally all I was playing. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, for me, like, uh, my relationship to Metroid is, like, it, it feels like Earthbound, you know, where it's like, yeah, like, I, I know what it is, and I know the iconography, and I have respect for it, but, like, it's not a franchise I'm I'm connected to really, like, at all. You yeah. know, I'm like, I've touched a few Metroid games, I've, I've booted them up and given them, like, you know, I've kicked the tires, but not ever really given them a fair shake, so. Um, again, except for Prime, but, like, 
I don't even know how much of it I played, you know? Like, I know I put a good amount of hours into it because I was interested in it and I wanted to figure it out, but I just couldn't and I didn't have a strategy guide. I couldn't get one. So I was just like, well, okay, I guess I'm done with this game. Like, it beat me because <laughs> I just couldn't figure out how to progress at a certain point. Like, I remember I, like, beat a boss and got to a new area and was, like, probably supposed to backtrack and didn't know that and was just like, well, I'm eight, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm I think that's the Smash. thing that gets me with the Metroid games is I need to go back somewhere and it's I just I just don't really like Metroidvanias. Me. Yeah, man. Like I I don't know. Like I want to try a lot forwards. of them, and they just they never. But you really liked the Jedi game. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. What was that? You really liked the Star Wars game. I did like that, and, and that, that was definitely like Metroidvania. Metroidvania. Yeah. But the thing I liked the least about it was navigating the map. Okay, so you didn't like the Metroidvania bit of it. You liked the actual not not so other much. Bits. Okay. Yeah. Did you see, uh, though, that on this Nintendo Life did a breakdown, and it's not just Animal Crossing that's outsold all of Metroid? Like, some ridiculous games, like Brain Age, and... Oh, yeah. And We Fit. And even We Mar- Fit Trainer. We Fit Trainer is a more iconic <laughs> character it's than like Samus, is what you're saying. ridiculous is that? It's even silly. Breath of the Wild sold more copies than all of Metroid. Yeah. Yeah, not and who, by and not by knows? much. But. Like, who knows when Metroid comes out? Finally, comes to Switch. If Metroid Prime ever finally comes to Switch, then maybe this it could will be the one. Solve everything. Yeah, it could be yeah. the one that really like hits deep with people. So, uh, <laughs> you you briefly alluded to this right there, where it's like if it ever comes to Switch, there was mm-hmm. a di- a disappointing bit of Metroid news this week that we wanted to just touch on briefly. Uh, where Retro Studios tweeted out on um, the 14th, so that's the day we're recording, actually, uh, <laughs> that they're looking for a lead producer to join them on Metroid Prime 4, which, man, that they're just getting a lead producer. That's like, crazy to me. They must have, I guess the thing is that they really must have started from scratch and like they yeah. were in pre pro until now. Yeah, it's Which like there's like, been everything that Bandai Namco did and start again, and it's just wild to me that that was a year, a year over a year ago that that happened. Yes, I believe maybe, that's maybe true. even closer to two years at this point. No, I think I think it's just been the one year. Yeah, but it's I think. it's it's mad that now they're just they're just hiring these people. I mean, maybe they lost a producer and now they're looking to get a replacement. I don't that's, know. That's what I was going to suggest as well, is that, that that's also... Uh, but that's also not a good sign of a, a game. That's of, like, a healthy product, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a bummer. Um, obviously, like, again, we said neither of us are, like, the biggest Metroid fans, but I would like to actually try it, you know? I would, like, too, I would, and I really, I really to want... give it a fair shake. I really want the Prime Trilogy to come to Switch so I can actually try all of them. Yeah, because I'm an adult and they could figure it out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, like, I, like, this doesn't really matter to me that much. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, no, because, like, I want to play Metroid Prime 4, but I'm not, like, jonesing for it. Mm -hmm. But, like, my heart breaks for Max and for the other Metroid fans who are just like, fucking come on. Like, it's been (laughs) a year since you canceled it, which was three years after you told us it was coming or two years, whatever it is. But, like, damn, that stings. That really stings, I bet. And uh, at this point, I just I don't know if it's coming out on the Nintendo Switch that we know of now, or if it is uh, going to be 
a sequel or a pro version or whatever at that point is going to be is going to exist because i can't see that we're, we've got to be at least two years out from this at this point it's not coming out in 2021 it's coming out in 2022 I, at the earliest i think i've thrown this out on a previous episode but i am kind of leaning towards the idea of it being um an anchor in the way that zelda has been it's the last like few generations yeah or it's the last game on switch and the first game on switch too yeah because I don't think we'll have a Zelda in that slot because obviously Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out um you know probably next year. Uh you got to imagine that's also the 35th anniversary of Zelda, so wouldn't that be a great time to put out a new Zelda game? It would be. Uh, but I could also I mean I kind of really want them to get it out this year because that would just be a massive win for them especially when Halo's delayed and Xbox is putting out a new console with no decent game. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't you know, think if I'm, it's, it's going to happen either. We were talking about it last week because I know we've, I know you've kind of alluded to the 35th anniversary Super Mario stuff, and we, and I was talking about it with Chloe and Max last week. That is so strange that we're now eight months in the year, and if that exists. So I will. Uh, I'm going to pull two questions from the mail pod at the same time okay. from two different people. Same question. Uh, our own Chewy plays Nintendo at the Discord, and then Alex Mott over on Twitter both asked, "Do you think the 35th anniversary 3D Mario Collection is real?" Now, I think it's real because of the people that have been talking about it, right? Like the Jeff Grubbs of the world, Eurogamer uh, confirmed. Yeah, it's to me that absolutely solidifies the rumor. But like I said, like we were just talking about last week, it's so strange to me that we're now in August. We're almost in September, and we've had nothing about it. Like we're nine months through that thirty-five year, and we've had no. Like, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you announce it in January? Like at the beginning of the thirty-fifth year to celebrate know, the year. If it is the year of Mario, wouldn't you want to kind of want to get that out? You would think, but I also. I feel like Nintendo's had success with, like, the short announcement and release cycle recently. Like, obviously, they got burned by Metroid. Um, but you think about, like, Odyssey. Like, Odyssey was announced and, and out within, like, six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the idea of them potentially announcing it at, like, E3, you know? Yeah, and that's then, like, when I think it probably would have That was probably the plan. Um, but, obviously, stuff has gone real south, real sideways. Um, so I'm sure that that, you know, played a factor because again, like I do think it's real. Like I, I, and I don't know why we haven't seen it. So, so like, if you're asking me to prog, you know, prognosticate or like make my best guess, like my thought is that they had plans for this year that got upended on some level. I know that there's a lot of disagreement on how much or what's been affected or, or what have you. And, you know, it's, I don't think it's worth arguing about, but uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it, where I think I think it could still come out this year, but I also wouldn't be surprised if at this point they delay it because at the end of the day, like, it's Mario. So yeah. if it comes out for the 35th anniversary of Mario or it comes out as the first hot game of 2021, it really doesn't matter. It's going to sell gangbusters um, because it's Mario. And that's that so i don't know i'm it's one of those things where like 
it feels so hard to predict Nintendo this year because they've done so many things. Well, like, and just I dropping wouldn't... Pikmin on Twitter like midweek. It's just like, they oh, by the way, Paper Mario too. Here's Pikmin Three Deluxe. It's like, what the fuck? Right. So it's like to think that they could still do that in the next two weeks, in the next six weeks, and have it come out in you know September or October or November. It, it couldn't even be their holiday game. Right. Any of those are are a possibility, and like honestly, the idea of them releasing it in like December or something like that makes a ton of sense to me because holiday game, you make a, a bundle, package it in, make sure the hardware sales keep going. Maybe you have that out by Black Friday, whatever. But it's also a game where it's like it's not going to be a game of the year contender. It's not a game that they have to like worry about like the press junket on it. Really, it's like it's going to be ports of Mario games, and if it's a, a from the ground up remaster i'm sure it'll be buck wild and everybody will give it a 10 out of 10 because it's a, ah hype 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 you know like that's how it works and if it's just a, a port if it's literally just like mario all-stars with the 3d games then like you're playing with the net down anyway too because it's the same deal like you know what i mean like i i just yeah. i don't their silence on it could mean everything or nothing because Nintendo's weirdly silent about a lot of things for a long, like how long have we known that the Pikmin three port existed? Well, and the the thing is that we we've, we've kind of had rumors that the Metro Prime trilogy exists. It was meant to, according to I think it was um, Imran Khan, he was like alluding that it was meant to have been released near when they did the Bayonetta three announcement, right? And Bayonetta three is nowhere to be seen either. Yeah, so I, that's the thing is like. Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not coming this year. But like the the more we don't see it, the more I'm like, oh, is it coming this year? I don't know. You know, like I, I certainly have pause about it, but I'm confident it exists in the same way that I was confident that Pikmin Three existed. I'm confident that Metroid Prime trilogy exists, and I think when their plans change, Nintendo has shown that they're comfortable shuffling, like reshuffling the cards. Yeah, because they don't need to put anything out ever. Like. You know, like, they can put it out when they want to put it out, is the thing. Like, the Switches, we've talked about this a lot this year, where, like, there's a lot of disgruntled Nintendo fans, um, and maybe fairly so, but, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the console's still selling like crazy. They're having a great year, despite only putting out a handful of games. Um, well, see, I don't I don't get it, though. What has, what has Microsoft put out this year? I, I just I think that people have a different level of expectation it's for just, Nintendo. It's crazy for me, to me though. Why do they have a different level of expectation? I don't know. I really don't because like, and I mean, I I guess to be fair, I don't know that it's necessarily a different level of expectation than it is that like. I don't think people think of Microsoft for their first party stuff. And I don't think that Xbox has the same, like, brand identity that Nintendo and Sony do, like, built around IP. No, yeah, and maybe, I think you, maybe, you look yeah. at you look at the first couple years of the PlayStation 4 where Sony didn't have a big holiday game. And that was the conversation going into the fall every year of, like, how does Sony not have a big game? How do they not have a big game? And they didn't need one because people were buying a PlayStation anyway. And that's the same deal with the Switch now where it's, like, Nintendo knows that they really only need to put out two or three big tentpole games and guess what we got two or three big tentpole games you might not like that two or three of them are are ports but to the average gamer those are new games well the the biggest game of the of 
it's probably going to be the biggest game on the Switch at this point is Animal Crossing, and that came out right. this year. And if which you, is, and I don't think you can say that Nintendo's having a bad year because you just have to look at the Animal Crossing sales. Because you don't like Animal Crossing. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like, I put 160 hours in Animal Crossing this year. If I don't play another game on my Switch for the rest of the year, I got my money's worth. And granted, I, and I've admitted this, this is the least I've played my Switch since I bought it. And I've been putting a ton of time into games on my PlayStation 4 in a way that I haven't uh, for the last couple of years. Where, like, I've maybe played one or two big games on my PlayStation 4, where this year I've basically been playing my PlayStation 4 almost exclusively. Yeah, but it's the PS4 Um, was last year. Like, we've seen seen the huge big games that they've been working on for its entire lifespan. Right. And I think in the same breath, it's like Nintendo has had a stacked 2017, 2018, and though some people would argue, I think 2019, it's fair to say they had good games too. They um, did, but you know, if you don't like them, don't, if you don't like Pokemon, then I can see why people would say. Oh, and the Fire same Emblem. Thing. Yeah. Like those are those those are both big games, though. You know, and I, and know. I think like it's the same it's the same conversation that DJ and I had around the uh, the presents or the partner direct rather. Where, like, just because a game isn't for you doesn't mean it's not a big announcement, right? Like, Shin Megami Tensei, like, that might not get your, your rocks off, but, like, that's a big deal. Like, yeah. that is news. The the Cadence of Hyrule DLC, again, like, maybe you don't care about that game, but it's a big announcement. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's so... I, I can it's, understand it's both tough. sides of it, though. Like, if you, if you really do feel like there's nothing coming out for you this year... It must be disappointing to see. Especially if that's your primary platform, yeah. which is – that's also a fair point where, like, I, I'm platform agnostic. Like, I play on everything. So, like, to me, it doesn't really matter that there's no big games on my Switch right now because I'm happy on my PlayStation. But that's just me. Uh, before we get off the Mario train, uh, we had one more question from uh, – Tyler, the Tyler Olson, who's one of our super patrons, who said uh, Nintendo just released an image to their social media accounts of Mario chilling in a swimsuit at the beach. I have two questions. One, does this all but confirm a remaster of Sunshine? Two, does Mario canonically have nipples? In the image released, he doesn't, but in Odyssey, he does. Which is it? <laughs> so, I don't think it confirms a Sunshine remaster. It doesn't. Uh, no, there's no way. Like, the They've done this before. They've they have, shown yeah. this in the summer, uh, 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 not this image, but a image of Mario on, on a beach or whatever. This has happened before, and people have been like, <gasps> Sunshine? And it hasn't been. Yeah, so, Kotaku actually got um, the image they posted in 2016, which was on Club Nintendo. It was a Club Nintendo image. And it's this exact same like get-up that he's he's in the the lounge chair with his the arms blue shorts. his back. Um but he has nipples in that picture as well. Like, it's a 2D picture with nipples. So it's so strange that they just omitted them on this picture. I think Mario does have nipples. I think he does. I mean, yeah. he had them in Odyssey. That's the most recent canon appearance. So it's like, this is weird because I was looking at the image and I'm like, is it possible that it's just the angle? That his chin is, like, covering enough of his chest that you can't really see because his head proportion to his body is weird. No, and... they're definitely gone. They're but yeah, definitely I think gone. you're right. Yeah. So... I don't know, maybe they got rid of them because people wrote too many articles about Mario's nipples last time. They're just getting more articles about Mario's nipples for not putting them on, though. It's really we'll backfired if that was the case. So to answer your question, Tyler, I don't know, but we're going to keep an eye on this mystery, and we're going to get to the bottom of it one day. The next time that a Mario game comes out, we're going to figure this out. 
All right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's jump back into the news. Um, there was uh, some 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 big news around video game sales. July 2020 MPD numbers came out, and uh, we had uh, a, a little a little Nintendo game called Paper Mario: The Origami King end up as number three on the list of best-selling games, uh, which is great. Uh, number one, Ghost of Tsushima. You love to see it. What's up? Um, but I thought it was also pretty interesting. Animal Crossing New Horizons still going strong at number five. Wow. And number six, Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> That's because it probably came back in stock and people are like, fuck, I still can't go to the gym. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, it's crazy because like you just look at this list and it reminds you like how much Nintendo games continue to sell. Because that's, that's uh, the thing again goes back to the fact that they don't really need to release any new games to keep selling consoles. Nope, because ten and eleven were Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and then fourteen was uh, Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and sixteen was New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Yeah. So uh, they... like the, the, the you and that Black that Friday. doesn't include digital sales, by the way. This is just oh, wow. physical games. <laughs> and we the... know that digital sales are bigger on Switch and for Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, pretty wild. But anyway, to take it back to uh, Paper Mario, um, this was uh, a pretty big deal actually. Um, where it ended up, uh, so it was the third best-selling game of July, like I said. But it also set a new launch month sales record for a Paper Mario title. So it's the it's the best debut of any Paper Mario so far. Um, and the physical launch uh, month. This comes from uh, Matt Piscatella, who's uh, an analyst. MPD analyst who said uh, Paper Mario the Origami King set a new launch month sales record for a Paper Mario title with physical launch month dollar sales more than doubling those of Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door. So um, despite the controversy, not necessarily controversy, but I guess just like criticisms. The, the, yeah, the criticisms of the game, maybe like a soft reaction, kind of soft reviews, uh, definitely a big a big success it seems. I'm sure that Nintendo's happy with that one, so Hopefully that means that there are more Paper Mario games in the future and that the team will uh, take some of that feedback that was given this time around and give us something that's, uh, you know, a little bit closer to what we want gameplay-wise because it seems like they got, like, the story and the charm and all that stuff right, according to, you know, all of our friends who've been playing it. So um, I wonder if they could do something like patch in a different mode. You know, like change the battle like system. a harder yeah something like that maybe i don't know i would love that um but i was hard on, for me. i was on the fanatics 4 podcast and aj was saying like yes it can be super easy if you just pay to go through them and pay the toads to just skip through the battle systems but you don't have to do that and he mm. made a good point that nintendo does this in quite a lot of games that there is always an option to make things easier like in yeah. Mario Odyssey, you can pay to find where the moons are and it'll basically point you directly to where they are and you just have to go get them. And so it's kind of swings around about So if you want it to be more difficult, then maybe don't follow that route. But I can also get it if the battle system's repetitive, which is another complaint I've seen some people say is that it's just not fun, that you would just skip it just to get the story. Yeah, which is... You know, I think that's uh, that's fair. Like, I, I'm definitely happy for Nintendo to, like, make those options available. But 
people didn't have that same criticism about Mario Odyssey. You know what I mean? Like, there's a system to make things easier, but, like, at the end of the day, like, you're still... You're still being challenged by it, you know? So, I don't know. Um, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, uh, either way, glad to see that that I found some success. So, let's jump back into the mail pot. Uh, This one comes from Navalis, who's another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, First question, Oreos, regular or double stuffed? Double stuff all the way. No, regular. You're just like Sarah. You get no, you is. get more in the packet, so there's more to dunk. That's what it is. I, just, I always. But it's a le- it's still a less satisfying ratio, though. You reckon? But see, some it depends what mood I'm in. Sometimes I'll break the biscuits apart. I'll eat all the cream, and then I'll have the the like biscuit bit separate from it, like the arrow sure. bit of the Oreo. Sometimes I do just want to bite into it, and then I guess that at that point, double stuffed is the superior biscuit. If you're just trying to do the like the bite, just the straight up bite, I think that's the way to go yeah. for sure. I mean, I won't turn my nose up at a regular Oreo, but do you know I, the I was... ones I don't like, and then McCall's favorite are the golden ones. It's not Ooh, an I Oreo. Do li- I do like it's those. Not they're an not Oreo. my like. They're not my go-to, but I like them. I like vanilla a lot, though. Yeah, I think the cookies are better. I don't, I don't I don't think I the dislike. combination is as good though is the thing. I don't think I mean I think if it had chocolate cream in the middle then maybe I could get down with it but They make those. I don't like them though. Oh, do they? We don't have those. I yet. think they're called uh-oh Oreos. Uh-oh. Oreos. Or it's like reversed. Oh, that's cute. I like that. They they make so many goddamn Oreos too. That's the thing. There's so many varieties. It's insane. We've only just got birthday cake here, so don't rub it in. I know oh, really? you have like a million oh. different flavors. Steve, when the pandemic's over, you gotta come <laughs> visit me in the states. We'll get like ninety kinds of Oreos. We'll be—that's the best after dark ever. Are you kidding me? They make red velvet, Steve. Oh, see, I only found out what red velvet was the other month. Really? Is that yeah. like a thing? It is a UK? thing, but it's not like a go-to popular thing. It's a definite American import. We never, we haven't had it for a long time. Love a good red velvet cake. It's my favorite chocolate cake. It's so strange that it's chocolate. I didn't expect I it to be chocolate. I, I looked at it and I was like, this is going to taste like berries. It's going to be like a, a strawberry or raspberry cake. And yeah. you bite into it and it's not. And it's just strange. And the cream cheese frosting. like Yeah, oh, I love so cream good. cheese frosting. So good. Second question that's actually game related. Do you think Fall Guys will make its way to the Switch? There's yep. been some rumblings about that this week where they were saying that, like, they're still – like, they want to bring it to other platforms. They're kind of, like, looking to see what the interest level is on different platforms. So That's I crazy to me. It's coming to Xbox next. Uh, it's got, it has to. It runs on PC, so it runs on Xbox. I don't know why they wouldn't bring it over there. There must have been some money involved with PlayStation to, oh, to make it Oh, definitely. I mean, they, on, yeah, they um, paid to make it, to it a Plus. Yeah, launch on PS Plus. They, they had to have. So I think once that wears off, then we will see it. I think it's inevitable, considering how popular it's been. Yeah. And I mean, like, they sold 2 million copies already on Steam. You have to imagine they, they want to get it on that Nintendo audience. And, yeah. like, obviously Nintendo's not great with online, but this is, like, a less labor-intensive game, I would imagine. So hopefully it'll work on the Switch well. I mean, Fortnite um, works on the Switch, and that's a similar kind of mechanic, isn't yeah. it? Kind of, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think if not, you should get it wherever you can because the game's really fun. I love mm. it. Third question. What multiplayer game would you like to see come to the Switch from any genre or console, old or new? I can't think about what I 
what multiplayer games I used to play, but I guess it would be something, if we're saying old or new, it would be something like GoldenEye. You know, bring that over, but give mm. it the modern controls so I don't have to always be inverted. Because that was always like a, a blast when I went over or to my friend's use the C there. buttons to turn yeah. the ca- Oh, what a nightmare. But what port nightmare. that over, maybe modernize the graphics a little bit, two sticks, that could be a fun, fun game. Because really, the multiplayer was the only reason anyone played that game. <laughs> um, I don't know. Honestly, like I, I just had one and I lost it because I wasn't that committed to it. Like I, I don't like, I don't have many that I'm like thirsting for on Switch because a lot of the like my favorite, um, like couch co-op multiplayer games are already on Switch. Yeah, and online on Switch multiplayer is like not that good or appealing. So I don't know. Oh, you know what would be cool? Um, I, I would love if the Master Chief Collection came to Switch. Oh, yeah. And like maybe that they don't have cool. the up res version, it's just like the old graphics, but like that would still be cool. Yeah, I don't think that would be fun. Happening, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean this you is could from be any though, game or console. It could be the um you did you see the on the new Halo, the multiplayer's gonna be like a free to play download, so they could potentially bring something like that. Yes. Over. That'd be cool. All right, this one comes from Left Eye Lazy, who's another one of our Patreon supporters, who says, Here's a question. From playing The Last of Us 2 and Final Fantasy Remake this summer, I've started using guides and walkthroughs to get collectibles slash chapters done quicker to maximize my time spent because I no longer have the time to spend replaying games. As you guys have gotten older, do you feel like you rely on guides more as well, or am I just getting lazier alone? <laughs> no, I do, uh, 100%. I will give it 5-10 minutes. I was giving it 5-10 minutes in The Last of Us 2 to crack things. And then when I couldn't see the numbers for a safe, I was like, fuck it, you know what, I'm going online, I'm not going to find out where the numbers are for this safe. I never I never looked up the actual number, because I always wanted to go find it myself and get that little bit of story, because there was always like a, a letter or something that you would find with it. But um, I don't see there's any shame in, in using guides at all. No, I don't think there's any shame in it. Like, that's that's what they exist for. And I also think um, I don't I don't subscribe to the whole, like, E-peen, like, it matters if you're good at video games thing. Like, I think that that's, like, one of the dumbest things that gamers engage in, honestly. Like, if you're great at a game, like, that's cool. Like, and there's nothing wrong with being, like, taking pride in that or whatever. Like, I'm not trying to shit on anybody. Like, I think esports players are cool and everything. Like, I don't mean that with any kind of shade. But, like, the idea that, like, you're better than someone as, like, a person in some way because you don't use a, a guide or you play on hard mode and they play on easy mode or whatever is, like, the dumbest thing ever. And, like, that's not – like, no, you don't – no one else ascribes that to any other kind of art, right? Like – it's not like, oh, oh, you didn't watch the director's cut of the movie? Oh, yeah. Then oh, you're a casual fan. Like, like that's like, you, you know mean what I mean? You like, didn't go back and see all the deleted scenes? Yeah. Like, that's like such a uniquely gamer thing. And I mean, I guess like other like nerd shit, like nerds are just jerks sometimes with stuff like that. But um, gatekeeping is dumb is basically the, uh, the, the party line I'm trying to get to. So like in terms of like using guides, yeah, like I totally use them when I feel like I want to. You know, it's not a thing where, like, I don't go into a game with the uh, decision of I'm going to use a guide on this. But, like, you brought up The Last of Us 2. Every time I found a save, I just looked up what the code was because I figured if I find the letter, I'll get the story. And if I don't, I want what's in the safe. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't want to backtrack once we talked about how I don't like doing that in Metroidvanias. Um, so if you know, I want to find the letter and read the story, but I'll get that when I get that, and I'll already have the stuff. Great, works for me. Yeah, so that's I just fair. did that every time. Didn't care about it. And like same thing in like Persona Five. Like I've cheated every time that a teacher the teacher asks you a question in class. I just look it up. Do you know in Royal? I found out by listening to Triple Click uh, this week. You could just look it. Huh? You could just look at the 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 stats that everybody like of what they picked, right? No, so the I didn't realize that to get the new thing in Persona Five Royal, the new semester, you have to like align with a certain classmate by a certain period of time, and yep. they don't fucking and tell you that in the that. game. Mm-hmm. I would. Uh, and I, someone emailed. Someone emailed into them and was like, "Has this ever happened to you? Would like, would you go back and start the game again?" And I'm like, "No fucking way. That would be enough for me to rage quit that game." I'm this close. Uh, to the end of the period where I can befriend the person, and I only just recently figured it out. So, and I've two of the three of them. I think I'm good with, but one of them I like don't know that I'll actually get it done. So I might just miss the extra content. Oh my god, I'd be livid. The thing is, like, I'm not going to replay. So if I don't get the extra semester, like, I'm just not going to experience that content, and that's that. Look it up on YouTube. I think that's probably what I would have ended up doing. Yep. I just don't. I'm not going to play the game again. Like, I, I, it's going to be an achievement for me to finish it once. Yeah, so. I've never finished it. It's too long. And I, I, I hope I can still salvage it and get the last semester. I think I can, but we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, no shame, man. You do you. This one comes from Trendy Brendy at Trendin Brendan on Twitter, who says, After all the Wii U ports are out of Nintendo system, do you think they'll start doing Wii or GameCube ports slash remasters? Seems like an opportunity for easy filler games. I mean, we might be getting Mario Sunshine this year, so that's potential GameCube port. And the Metroid Prime Trilogy, that's a Wii uh, game. So those well, are, those are it's a GameCube port that came to Wii, to and Wii, then now yeah. <laughs> double port. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you'll see them in the same volume. No, I think like you might see some, like Steve just alluded to, like there are examples we know that exist that may come. Uh, and I, I don't think it's impossible to see like other isolated examples of that. But in the grand scheme of things. I think the reason that we see so many Wii U, or the reason we've seen so many Wii U ports is because the Wii U was a failure, and it had a lot of great software that nobody touched. Like, I love Nintendo. I love Pikmin. Never played Pikmin 3. Really looking forward to buying it. Yeah, So, there's an opportunity for them to make a return on investment on games that were critically well-received that didn't sell well. And, like, when you look at, like, how much money they've made selling Mario Kart 8, which was a game that was, like, three or four years old, I think, when they boarded it, um, is fucking insane. So the, I honestly think they'd be stupid not to port more of these Wii U games. And, like, there's not many left on the bench at this point. So you got to imagine that, like, the time of Wii U ports on Switch is probably winding down. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll be, like, a one-for-one transfer like that. I don't. All right, so let's jump into our main topic this week, uh, which is tangentially related to Nintendo, but it's the biggest (laughs) story in video games this week, so we're going to talk about it. Uh, Steve, I know you wanted to talk about this, so why don't you intro the topic a little bit? Yeah, so the topic is, if you haven't guessed it, uh, it's Epic Games versus Apple and Google. So obviously uh, this week, uh, Epic decided to bypass Apple and Google's rules that they have to follow the in-app purchases, people to buy V-Bucks in the game. And so they've got booted off both the App Store and Google Play Store. They already had a video prepped 
which ended with hashtag free Fortnite, which was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And one of the most heavy-handed statements of, like, we're fighting against the monopoly of the app store. And it's like, you're a giant billion-dollar corporation. (laughs) Relax over there, Epic. Like, I have gone to bat for Epic on a lot of situations. Like, I think the hate towards the Epic store is stupid. And it's, like, brand loyalty console war shit on PC. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, come on, guys. I will say, them, like, shot for shot recreating the 1984 Apple commercial is fucking hilarious. It is hilarious, That is, like, King yeah. Petty shit. Because it's, like, it when you start thinking about, like, the 4D chess of it all, of, like, so they were, they had this planned, they made this video, oh, and we're just sitting waiting for it. I it's was not, like, it's not even f- that. Like, they, they knew exactly how it was going to play. So the way they worded yeah. it in the the way they worded it in the app is, we're discounting V-Bucks across everything. V-Bucks are now no longer $9.99, they're $7.99. But Apple won't let us make it $9.99, uh, $7.99 through their store because they have to take a 30% cut. So it's all Apple's fault that we can't sell you V-Bucks for any cheaper. So instantly, again, that got the fans like on their side. It's like, oh, yeah, we want cheaper Let's V-Bucks. weaponize angry gamers. Yeah. And that, so then they popped it, bypassed the App Store uh, rules and put this piece of code in that let them activate it after it had gone through Apple's review process. And... Then they already had a lawsuit ready as well. Not only, not, not only the video that they, they played in the game and posted on YouTube, they had a lawsuit ready and they filed it immediately as soon as they had they got kicked off the App Store. And, and then you, same thing with, with Google, right? Whereas yeah. like, as soon as they got kicked off the Google Play Store, they was like, oh, lawsuit. It's like, oh, wow, you guys are not fucking around, huh? Yeah, it's crazy to me. It really is. And I can see it's such it from- a, It's such a power play, man. And it's like, it's nuts because... It's interesting because, like, I I think the conversation is more nuanced than a lot of people want it to be. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't – I have no loyalty to any of these companies. They are multi-billion-dollar corporations. They don't care about us. Whatever. I think that Epic, whether they – like, I think it's clear they have ulterior motives, right? Like, they position themselves and have positioned themselves as, like, we're doing these things because we're the good guys, right? Like, we're going to give a better cut on the uh, the Epic Store to developers. And we're going to force Sony's hand to get cross-play in the hands of gamers. And now we're going to stick it to Apple's Monopoly, and we're going to stick it to Google, and we're going to get little developers better cuts. And, you know, and the thing is, that's all true. Like, it is true. And I, that's not to, like, stand for Epic. Like, I don't really give a shit. Um... But you can't argue that, like, the Epic Store is more pro-developer than Steam is. They get a better cut. They make yeah. more money when their game's on on the Epic Store, period. They've paid for a bunch of exclusivity rights, which is put money in the pockets of developers. They've paid to give you free games every month, which is a very pro-consumer move. They are the reason that crossplay is available on PlayStation. They are the reason that crossplay is normalized now. Mm-hmm. Fortnite made that happen. You can shit on Fortnite and Epic all day, but if you like playing your games crossplay, you have them to thank for it. It's the truth. And if this goes the way they want it to go, yes, they will make a shitload more money because Apple won't be taking a 30% cut and you'll see Apple's revenue go down as Epic's goes up and Say what you will about that because, again, they're a multi-billion dollar corporation. Not trying to, like, say that they're the good guys, but 
the net positive for this could be huge because if every game now published on iOS or Android, you can circumvent the rules of their, you know, formerly walled garden. Mm-hmm. That's huge, man. That that would make the that could make the mobile market a lot more viable. It's not gonna happen. Uh, I mean, I don't know, dude. There's zero fucking chances happening. Apple rely on services revenue more than anything else, and the biggest service is App Store. They rely on that money, and I it really doesn't sit well with me the way Epic make it seem like it's all take, take, take from Apple and that they get nothing from Apple. They've had free advertising on the App Store. They have free distribution on the App Store. That binary is uploaded to Apple's servers and is delivered from Apple. God knows how many billions of gigabytes of bandwidth has been just downloaded by downloading Fortnite updates. It must be tons. And they haven't paid a penny for that from uh, other than from the 30% cut. So it, it can't be zero, and I I still I I'm an app developer, and I do believe thirty percent is way too high, but it can't be zero. Like they do get something from Apple. It's not a oh yeah, we're, I think that's we're on your platform, and it's like you you're just taking it all from us, and we provide a net positive for you. I think that's the thing, though. You you can definitely make that argument, and I think that's fair. And like you certainly know more about that than I would uh, as as a developer. Um, but you also can't argue that Fortnite doesn't hasn't made Apple a pile of money. They're it getting has, 30% yeah. of all the V-Bucks that are spent, and Fortnite makes like a billion dollars a month. So yeah. I'm sure Fortnite being off their platform is something that is also going to hurt them for millions and millions of dollars. And I, I'm with you where I don't necessarily think that Epic is going to like win unless the courts really just end up going in their favor and like we – for the first time in a long time, the American government is like, you know what? Yeah, monopolies are bad, but we don't do that. So I don't think that's going to happen. That said, I could see them meeting in the middle and negotiating like, all right, it's 15% now. Yes, I can see that 100% happening. The last time something like this happened was with Netflix. And uh, Netflix added a button in to like get you to call them, and then you uh, you could do a subscription over the phone, and it was like a real shady workaround in order to get people to give you credit card deals directly to Netflix rather than doing it through the App Store. And Apple changed the rules to say that it's thirty percent for the first year, but if the user stays on for the subscription after that, it reduces down to fifteen percent. So I can mm. easily see Apple saying it's thirty percent if you're going to sell an app but we take 15% of all in-app purchases, which would make it more viable. Uh, the problem I see if they don't say that, and Epic don't see that as good enough for them, and they want to do the direct sales themselves, is, yeah, it's 100% fine to input your credit card details with Epic. I totally trust them as a company. But what if it's, like, Bob's shady video game company down the road who's making some shovelware and is putting on the app store and he wants to steal your credit card details and he's going to give you some cheaper coins for your game that you're really interested in and then goes and loses your credit card details. Like I trust yeah, Apple I with my credit card details more than I trust anyone else. Sure, and that's fair. I, I think like that's part of the covenant of Apple, right? But like for me as an Android user, like I think it's insane to me that it's like you can't put software on your the device that you paid for mm-hmm. because apple's like well we won't let it on the app store yeah i get like, that well, fuck too. you i know like that's you know like i if i want to 
Like I could install Fortnite on my phone through uh, like, you know, I could download the files on my computer and put it in that way. And like maybe Epic can circumvent it that way if that's like a thing that they feel like they need to do. But ultimately, I don't think they're going to do that. They did it initially with with Fortnite on Google Play. It was never on the app store. You had to download it from Epic's website and you download the Epic Game Store. And maybe then, maybe they go back then to that, they re- but I don't think they, they want to lose though, the 50 million Apple users. Yes. You know, like they're gonna they're gonna get the game back on the App Store. It's just a matter of like who flinches first, or who do the courts rule in favor of? And the courts aren't gonna rule on it. I can't see them doing that because on the Google side, how is Google a monopoly? Because you've got the Amazon App Store that you can install on your phone. You could download it directly from Epic's website. So I don't understand how that monopoly argument holds up there because. It works on Apple. I don't think it works the same yeah, way on I, I Google. Just, I can't see how it works the same. And maybe maybe that's what they want, is they just want Apple to have to blink first and either allow th- third-party apps installed through a browser or give them a discount. I could also see them just using this as a way to get a better deal for themselves, but then that would go against the whole we're the good guys viewpoint that Epic seemed to want to get across. See, I don't even think it will hurt that though because I think you're right that that's what they're trying to do is like I don't even think that they necessarily think that they're going to win. They're doing this to see what they can get out of it. Yeah. And they're weaponizing their fan base and the reality is that people who play Fortnite and like Fortnite are going to side with them on this. And I think that they, the fact that they did this right on the heels of Apple being like we're not going to let xCloud run on, yeah, and on our service and because they've been talking to Congress about all of this stuff already. Right. So, like, right now, I think Apple looks like shit. And they look like, oh, we're doing all this anti-consumer moves. And, like, I think these moves are anti-consumer. I I said as much on Twitter. um, And I would love to see Apple back themselves into irrelevance because I hate Apple. Massively. Um, And and, um, Tim Sweeney was, like, massively behind uh, Hey.com. I don't know if you saw the drama with Hey.com a few weeks ago. Uh, so or it was a couple of months ago now. So Hey.com launched their new email service, and it's the guys that made Basecamp um, some productivity okay. software. And they followed. They saw that they followed the guidelines to the letter. You downloaded the app, and it just showed you a login screen. You couldn't register for an account. It didn't tell you to go to uh, a website or anything like that. You couldn't sign up for a free trial. You could only download the app if you already had an account on Hey.com, but Apple said, no, this look, this looks broken to the user. We're not going to let you do that. If you want to have it on the app store, you have to give us 30% of your revenue in order to to get it on the app store. And they came up with this like really weird compromise that it generates your random number email address that gets deleted after 30 days or something in order to get on the app store. But I remember Tim Sweeney weighing in on that then, and he's been very vocal about all of this on Twitter ever since, that he thinks 30% is too too big of a cut and that's not right. And there's one company that gets a better deal than everyone else. So when Apple say everyone gets the rules delivered to them evenly, that's not true. Amazon right. gets a way better deal than everyone else. So they get 15% on all of their sales for in-app purchases instantly. And they also are allowed to take credit card payments on Kindle books and on Prime movie videos because Comicsology works that way too. Yes, because they're owned by Amazon. So Amazon right. uh, banned Apple from Amazon. They said, okay, well, if you're not going to do that, then we're not going to sell any of your products on Amazon. And so in order to get back on Amazon, they did this like backroom deal, which was basically... We'll give you 15% straight away, and you can also take credit card payments as long as we can sell our devices on your store because it was really hurting Amazon. They lost billions in revenue it came out during the Congress hearing because they couldn't sell iPhones and iPads on Amazon.com. Right. 
but Epic doesn't have that weight behind them. They don't have anything. They do though, once, because Fortnite think. Fortnite makes a ton of money for those platform holders. Like, I think you're right that it's not enough for them to necessarily. Um, the, they would lose more money saying like flinging and allowing Epic to circumvent their system and then creating that precedent for other yeah. app holders. You're right. But I don't, I don't know. I think the bad press and the millions that you're you losing in revenue from how much you were skimming off V bucks, like why not make that same compromise with specifically Epic? If you were able to do that with Amazon. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what they're going to do. And it's going to look like maybe Epic Word as we won. We got uh, we got it back on the App Store and we're allowed to do what we want or whatever. But I think it's just going to be a compromise and they'll come down to 15% or something and Epic will be like, yeah, fine, we'll take that. Because that's like, all they care about, right, is yeah. the thing. Is like if, if, that's, if that's all they get out of it, they'll be happy. Yeah, and if they do set a precedent, then they can be like, look at us, we're the good guys, and there'll be some truth to that. So... That's that's like their whole game, you know. Is like, yeah, like we are giving developers a better deal, and we do care about. But really, they just want to make money selling yeah. games. Yeah, and like they're a business. That's what they're supposed to do. Like, if they can be a billion dollar corporation and also like help little guys get a leg up once in a while, like, I that's not that's fine. Like, that's certainly better than a lot of the other megaliths that we deal with in this industry. But you know, that doesn't make them like benevolent. That doesn't make them good guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like. They're still out for their nut. Like, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make more money, and that's, you know, ultimately their prerogative. So uh, I don't I don't necessarily decry them for that. Uh, but to take it back to the Nintendo Switch of it all, for now, right, or not right now because I don't think that users have been limited from using the service yet, but I know that they won't be able to update the game, and I think the next update is in, like, two weeks. Yeah, they won't be able to play in the next season. So for, they definitely timed it at the right time as well, because the Absolutely. whole wording was, you can't play the next season, Apple is stopping you from playing it. So with that, Nintendo Switch will be the only place to play the updated version of the game port- portably. Yeah. You think that means anything? Um, I mean, I think it's always been the better place to play it, because you have controls. But I don't know if it means anything. Personally, I, I mean, I think yeah, I people it, people who play on mobile will want to play on mobile. Yeah, I agree. It would be interesting, though. It would be. Yeah. I know they had that Fortnite bundle like back in the day. Can you imagine if Nintendo's like, "Hey, it's back"? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> All right, there we go. We got it back to Nintendo just in time for me to end the show. Okay, so thank you guys for joining us here in another episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote into us uh, for our MailPot segment. Again, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air, you can write into me at Pete at LootPots.com. Join us on our Discord or hit up our weekly Twitter thread at LootPots. Um, if you want to get more content from us, of course, head over to LootPots.com. Go check out Pixel's brand new Pikmin video on our YouTube channel. Head over to Twitch and give us a follow. Uh, anywhere that you get your content, we're there. We're making stuff. And again, if you want to go above and beyond and show your support for the show, uh, you can go head over to patreon.com slash loopots. Hit us for a buck, and you can get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, which we're about to jump into and talk about uh, all the stuff that Steve and I have had going on in our lives these last couple weeks. We've been busy. I made an album. He went on a vacation. Uh, 
So I won't spoil anything else, but uh, go check it out and show your support. We'd love it. And if you don't have any you know, money to toss our way, that's all right. Uh, you can show us your support by giving us a like on your platform of choice, sharing the episode with your friends. If you made it this far, you obviously enjoyed it. If you think they will too, uh, let them know we're out here and that we're doing the things. And uh, come become, you know, come be a part of the community. Come join us in the Discord. Have a conversation with us. Let us know what you're playing, what we should be playing. Uh, write in, get your questions read, all that fun stuff. Uh, and until next week, this has been the podcast. We love you. We'll catch you then.